Welcome to the MFR Coaches Podcast, where we talk about how you can create your own MFR business, how to have one, and what to do to get started. Each week, we will discuss practical ways to create a business that keeps you from under-earning and burning out. I'm your host, Heather Hommel. Over 10 years ago, I decided to change my massage practice to MFR only. I became fully booked and have enjoyed years of success helping people to get out of pain and return to active lifestyles. I'm here to help you do it too, even if you live in a tiny town and even if you've never had a business before. Let's go. Welcome in, everybody. I would like to introduce you to Justine Calderwood. She is a master physical therapist women's health physical therapist, certified birth healing practitioner, and Reiki master practitioner who is passionate about helping women heal and feel empowered. She specializes in helping women during pregnancy to ease pain and prepare for their optimal birth experiences during the postpartum phase for complete recovery and navigating through chronic or complex pain. She understands that complete healing can involve more than the physical, so she helps her clients unravel layers of the mind-body complex through touch energy healing, movement education, and online programs. She knows that the best therapists do their own healing work so they can be a better guide for others. Justine is passionate about helping women transform their lives so they can feel strong, confident, and empowered. And I just want to welcome Justine to the podcast. I'm so happy you are here. And besides all of that amazing introduction, do you want to tell the audience also what the main route of your therapy is and what you offer to your clients. So I do focus primarily on treating pregnant and postpartum moms and women with chronic pain. And I use myofascial release every single day with my patients. Okay. Awesome. I noticed like when you're describing what you do, it's like not plastered out there in front. And what is the reason behind that? Honestly, there's a lot of people that don't know what myofascial release is. So why confuse them? They want to know really ultimately, like even my title or any things that I have, they don't care about that so much as they want to know that I understand what's going on with them and that I can help them. Beyond that, they don't really care a whole lot. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, totally. I think that's so important to point out that your message is about how you help people, like what the results they can get, which is less pain, especially through, you know, you are specializing with working with women and moms and childbirth and after the birth process and not being in pain from any of those things. Right. So exactly, they're not really concerned about the modality that you're practicing, even though you are, you are one of us, you are a myofascial release, a John Barnes trained myofascial release therapist. Yes. And that is what your primary method is of getting them to the outcome of being pain-free. So we've known each other for a while. Do you want to tell people like how we met and what our story is? Yeah, absolutely. I would love to. Gosh, I met you, I think in 2013, or maybe it was the start of 14. I can't remember, but I had taken MFR1 and I really took MFR1 because of my own pain. I had had chronic headaches for a long time. So many things that I had tried for myself did not work. And I just kept getting those brochures from John, (laughs) you know, that were like, live an active pain-free lifestyle. And I thought, yeah, whatever. I've done so many things. Why is this any different, this continuing education? But I kept getting them and it just grabbed my attention. And I ended up in my first MFR class in 2013. After that, my headache pain started to change. It was like, 
okay, something is different with this. Like we all have our experiences with the first class. I won't um, go into mine a whole lot. But afterwards, I really wanted to see if this would help me. And I really got stirred up because a lot of what John teaches, it was so different than anything I had learned in physical therapy school. And I, at that point, I had been a PT. I don't know. I'm terrible with math, but I would say 11 (laughs) years, I think. And so it started to change how I viewed physical therapy even with my patients. And so I thought I got to get in for some treatments because I'll know if it helps me, then I'm going to be a real believer, right? And so I started looking around on the directory. And at that time, MFR Insight was not a Facebook group. It was emails. I joined the email list and it was like all these group emails. Do you remember those where it was like, mm-hmm, totally. reply and you get all the reply. And I was like kind of overwhelmed, but I was like, yeah. I got to find a therapist. And at that time I was living in Iowa. There were only two people listed in Iowa and the nearest one was like two hours away. And the other one was like maybe two and a half, three hours. And somebody in there said, look for somebody in a surrounding state like Wisconsin or, or Minnesota. And I ended up finding you, Heather. <laughs> and I called, yeah. And, and I called you, I like, I wanted someone like, I didn't really actually want a physical therapist. The nearest one to me was a physical therapist. And I did actually didn't really want to see a physical therapist. I think in my mind, like I didn't want the gym setting. I didn't want this, like to go in and show me stretches and all that. Cause I had tried that. I was a physical therapist and that stuff was not helping me. And so I was kind of visioning more of a private setting that I could, you know, let go and unwind if I needed to make noise. Like just, I wanted the whole experience. So I reached out to you and we talked a little bit on the phone and you were three hours, one direction for me. And it was a big decision for me to decide to come to you. And I wanted to, you know, make it worth my while because just coming up for like an hour and then turning around and driving home was not going to be, I felt like the best decision. So you advised for me to do, I think a an hour and a half and maybe another hour back to back in the one day. And then I saw you the next day and I stayed overnight and it was really for me a chance to see if this would help me. And it did. So I got the treatments from you. And I also had a lot of questions (laughs) about my fashion release. I remember coming with like a notebook and I was like, I'm going to get my treatment. But afterwards, like, can I like ask you some questions? And you were like, that's fine. But first just receive. And that's what we did. You uh, treated me just like a, you know, a client because I was, and then we actually sat down afterwards and talked and you answered all my questions and just really encouraged me, look, take more classes, like continue to pursue this, but get into more classes, keep doing your own healing work. And yeah, so that was kind of the start of it. So funny. Like, it feels like it was yesterday. Like, it does not seem like it was that long ago. It would have had to have been like 2013, I think. Yeah. I think it was. I think it was the same year. I think it was in the fall. I took MFR one in May of 2013. Yeah. Yeah, That makes a lot of sense. Sure. Yeah. So funny. Yeah. I remember when you came in and I was thinking at the time, like I had just opened that office that year. So earlier that year. So I had just closed my massage practice in Minnesota, moved to Wisconsin and like started completely over from scratch and doing all MFR. And I had been doing mostly MFR before that, but like I had like made that decision and like it was happening, you know, Mm -hmm. and I was all in at that point. And I just was like, wow, how are these people finding me? You know, it must've been from the directory, obviously. And just being, Mm -hmm. you know, going to seminars and knowing enough people to kind of network, but yeah, that was great. It was so fun to meet you. And now to see, you know, I'm excited for the audience to hear like what you're up to now, but I want to slow it down and 
so people can kind of see step-by-step what happens for us. Like we go to that seminar that changes our lives. Like I even have a chapter in the book. It's like the seminar that changed it all. And I feel like all of us as therapists, no matter what genre we're coming from, when we come into those seminars, we have that one that like really changed us. Do you remember like what specifically you were thinking when you like had that moment, that aha moment, like, okay, now I'm going to have to change everything I'm doing and learn this new, this new modality taught by John Barnes. I don't remember specific, but like I said, it was just my own pain that I realized during that class, I just, I, you know, I saw people starting to unwind and make a noise in this. And at first, the first person that ever kind of unwound during that class, I remember sitting in the back of the room. This is so me. Like I didn't want to be seen. I just wanted to blend in. And I remember feeling bad for her. She started crying on stage and John was doing a scar release and she started bawling. And I was like, I'm so embarrassed for her because it's, you know, (laughs) it's a room full of people, but yet he was not phased by it. She was not embarrassed in any way. She probably was like, yes, you know, and I remember sitting there and then, and then experiencing and going, well, shoot, I want to let go of my stuff. You know, I Mm want to see where I go, you know, when I got home and then I realized that my pain was starting to change, even in a small way, you have to realize that this time I had had headaches since my early twenties. So longer than I had been a PT. I mean, they started when I was in undergraduate school. And like I said, I tried a lot of things that didn't even touch it, didn't change anything. It's because I I was only treating the physical, really. Nobody had taught me that the mental emotional could be a storage house as well. And John, yeah, just, it just changed. And then I was like, okay, well, I'm just going to come back into the office because I was working in a physical therapy place, outpatient orthopedics. And I had some physical therapy assistants underneath me. And I remember just coming in going, okay, John told us in that class that we will outperform any other therapist. Like this will work. Just trust the process, all these things, you know? Mm-hmm. And I remember being scared and I remember putting my hands on and I remember my hands shaking, right? literally shaking because I was so afraid that it was so different. And I just decided I'm going to just start this with my patients that had already known me and I'd already started treatments with them. But I put my hands on and I had to visualize somebody else's hands on top of mine. That's how much I was shaking. That helped to kind of ground me and give me more confidence. And then, you know, my patients would come back. Those early ones came back and said, oh my gosh, that, I feel a lot better. There's Scott, yeah. I was working on a total knee, uh, a lady with a total knee replacement. And I remember her coming in and going, my knee feels so much better. So then I had to start teaching the PTAs that I was working with at least a little bit of what I was doing, because at that time I wasn't seeing people full-time and I had to delegate to the PTAs. And so it was like out of necessity that I had to kind of feel confident and be Mm -hmm. confident and then tell them, look, this is what we're going to be doing. Isn't that crazy too? Like just to imagine like your life in the treatment room was one way when you're doing traditional therapy, and that is to delegate a lot of things out to people, right? Because of lack of time. Yeah. And like, how is it now when you're treating patients? Well, now I have my own business. And so my patients are my patients. They see me and only me, Yeah, which is great. I got kind of frustrated after a period of time because patients were like, you know, 
no offense to so-and-so, but your treatments are different than theirs because I had taken the classes. They hadn't gotten all that stuff from John. Right. And it wasn't until they, uh, then they, they ended up getting into the classes. But by that time I was so, this was like fast forward two years and I was out of there. Cause I right. like, I needed to get out so I could treat people, you know, with a time and really the energy that I wanted to and not be passing people here and there. And, you know, Right. Don't you think your vision of like what is possible just gets blown out of the water once you've had MFR and once you totally buy into it and you're like, this is the modality I'm going to be using because of the results that it creates. You no longer want to be in that clinical setting where someone else is telling you how to treat people and like telling you what their limitations are. You know, they're not really expecting people to heal that much. It's like you're limited to whatever the documentation is is and prescribed treatments, right? <laughs> you know, like yeah, well, your insurance, he, your insurance yeah. covers this many visit. Therefore you are better by then, whether you're better or not, you're kind of kicked right. out the door. Yeah. So, and yeah. the script, like if they were coming in for back pain, I went ahead and was like, I don't care. I'm going to, I know I need to treat your head. Like I'm going to mm-hmm. go to the head, yeah. you know, and, and I would just document in my note the best that I could to explain that. And then kind of sit there and pray that the insurance would not maybe look at my note real closely <laughs> because you yeah. know, the, that's what insurance companies do is they completely divide. Like if they have back pain, why are you going to the head? And right. You have and, to be parted know, out. <laughs> yeah. And mm-hmm. and I was like, this is complete BS. I know they need treatment at the head. Cause I could, you know, at that time I was starting to feel it and they were telling me, you know, I was following what they were telling me and where they were feeling right. and just all, everything I had been learning from John to really look at people as a whole and it just, it blew everything up. And I, I knew I couldn't stay in that setting because I was starting to kind of like get one foot out of that box mm-hmm. and someone was trying to just stuff me back into it. Sure. You know, and, yeah. and I was getting so frustrated. It's like, no, I can't, I can't do this anymore. What do you think the thought was that made you feel like you could open up your own practice? Well, a couple of things definitely stuck out in my mind. One was a little like nugget, a little nudge that you gave me. And because this is just kind of your style, but you were like, well, <laughs> so Justine, at what point are you going to put your big girl panties on and, and start your own business? And I, I was like, yeah, no, never, never. <laughs> you know. And you're like, why not? I mean, yeah. just as casual as that, like, why not? Right. And that planted a seed. It took me about two years, less than two years to move across the country. That's what it took for me to get out. And we moved from Iowa to Colorado uh, a little less than two years after I met you. The other thing was that I remember sitting in MFR two. So I had taken MFR one, just one class. And then I don't know, probably like eight months later, I took MFR two and unwinding in Chicago. And I remembered somebody asked John about like taking measurements, like doing the traditional kind of PT, you know, thing mm-hmm. and um, documenting. And he goes, if you're having to do that, get the hell out. And that just was like, duh, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you have a choice. You can stay where you're at and, and feel stuck. And, and like, I, I hate having to do all this kind of stuff. Like I still document and I still do goniometer measurements at this point, even in my own business. But the point of it was, is like, well, do what you want. Like go out and treat people the way that they really need to be treated and don't cater to the insurance companies, you know? Yeah. And, um, yeah. So those two nudges I remember, and, and it was just like, things just kind of kept crowding in things at my work that I just, like I said earlier, just realized that I couldn't stay in that setting because I was getting more and more frustrated 
they were wanting me to do more with treatments, but with less time and document in with my patients. And I was like, but my hands are on my patients. I have to document either cut their treatment short, or I got to document. And I did, I documented, I, I didn't even care if they paid me for it, but I would document on my lunch breaks or after work, because that's how passionate I felt that these people, that my patients that I cared very much about got the treatment that they deserved. Yeah. And I just knew in my heart, yeah, it was just, everything was leading to get out Justine and start your own business. I so love it. You can do it. You can do it your way. Yeah. I feel like this is like so typical for therapists, especially therapists that are trying to make that jump from traditional therapy to their own MFR business. They come up against this resistance. It's resistance that they are creating themselves, right? Like they're resistant to making the change because it's uncomfortable. And they don't know and they think, okay, I'm just like not quite confident enough. If I take one more seminar, I'll be confident in them. And so then we get all these therapists that are expert level or advanced to expert level that don't actually have their own practices yet. And they're maybe kind of sneaking it in at their current jobs, but it's this like resistance to surrendering to the fact that there's this incredible potential if they would just act on it. And it's being confident enough in yourself to take that leap. Do you remember like when you, when that switched for you? Yeah. Well, I want to say something I mentioned earlier, like two things come to mind when you just said that one was, I said earlier, I worked in an outpatient orthopedic clinic and I was working like two to three days a week in an outpatient orthopedic clinic. I was also going into the local nursing homes and doing some home health. And I was doing a lot of soup visits, which means like I was only kind of given a supervisory visit. I wasn't always given the full treatment session with my people. I also was like, screw this. I'm going to do a little bit here because I wanted to see, and I wanted to give them the best. So that was another very frustrating thing, but I just made a decision. Nope. I'm just going to go ahead and hold as long as I need to for the people that were there for pain things, mm -hmm. you know, and even mobility things. The other thing that came to mind is when I opened my business, I had only taken four classes. I have That's awesome. Bar one, two, unwinding and fascial pelvis. That's awesome. That's yeah. the only four classes I had. I just believed things that John said and I jumped into it because of my own pain. I was doing my own treatments and I was also seeing my patients. And so I knew on a very personal level that this works. And so I think that gave me maybe a lot of confidence because I just knew it worked. And even mm -hmm. if it didn't work for 100% of my people, I knew in my heart that this was changing my life and I had the potential to bring this into somebody else's life to make a huge difference to them. They didn't know how many classes there are available. Right. They didn't care what I had not taken at that point. Yeah. They just wanted me to help them. Yeah. And I was. And so those are the only four classes that I had taken when I opened up my own practice. I just think that's so awesome. It just, it kind of reminds me of my journey when I took, I took fascial pelvis as my first class and like looking back, it was fascial pelvis in Sedona right before MFR three was offered. And so there were a lot of advanced therapists at fascial pelvis prior to that seminar. And I mean, and it was like craziness with the unwinding and how loud everybody was and I was just like, what in the hell is happening right now? You know, <laughs> like it took yeah. everything in my little Catholic body to sit there through yeah, everything yeah. and, you know, 
<laughs> all the thoughts going through my mind. And I'm, I'm just so proud of myself that I sat there and was willing to allow all of that and allow myself to be uncomfortable and also like go home and start practicing it immediately and knowing the impact it could have on my husband with his chronic issues. And, and I too, like made that leap pretty soon. I was like, I'm going to all the seminars now. Like I was just all in, but before I did all the seminars, I was like already practicing that and already getting rid of the amount of massage I was offering to people. Cause it's almost like ethically, once you know what you know with MFR, like to continue to practice something else, it blows my mind that people do that. And I think it's just, there's a little bit of a disconnect where they're like, yes, this is amazing, but I'm too afraid to either explain what it is, or I don't think I can do it as good as somebody else. So there's, you know, there's some sort of self-talk that's going on there or some sort of, there's a disconnect there. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. What advice do you think you would give to other therapists that have had between one and four classes, they're just starting and they're not starting their own practice or they're not doing MFR only, what would you say to them? I mean, if they have a desire to do that and they they have a desire to have their own practice, but there's something that's stopping them, go inward. Like, what is that? Maybe get some more of your own treatment in that, but find out truly what is the limiting belief? What's holding you back? I know I wasn't super confident at first even 11 years into my career, why? Mm -hmm. But that started to unfold the more self-care that I did and the more treatment sessions that I did. I really feel like us as therapists, we have to heal our own stuff in order to help other people. And yeah, if that's your desire, you got to find out for yourself, Mm -hmm. what is that limiting belief? And I really feel like myofascial release holds the answer to that. Totally. And going into it and if you're willing. Yeah. And I think too, like, There's this saying we say in life coach school where you can have a successful business with a half-managed mind. Like you can do all these crazy things and still only have a half-managed mind. Just like you can create a myofascial release business and only half understand what you're doing and only half have your pain managed. You know what I mean? Like you don't have to have everything figured out before you start. The beautiful thing is, is that if you're willing to start and be kind of bad at it, you're going to gain confidence over time. And nobody knows how bad you really are. Like not even your patients, like you don't even really have anything to measure it by as really bad. Like I've been to some super advanced therapists and thought, what, like how many classes have you, have you ever had a treatment before? You know what I mean? Like it's all subjective about like how good the therapy is. And there's no such thing as I think as a bad therapist or a bad treatment. You can go in and if you're a skilled enough therapist, if you go in there knowing that you're going to get everything you came for out of that session, there's no way to have a bad session. Yeah. Until yeah. you have a thought that it should have been a different way. Yeah. And that's so, our expectation. And why, why are you going exactly, into that? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Either as a therapist doing your job or as somebody that's receiving, why are you going into there with a certain expectation anyway? Exactly. And our patients don't come to us like that. I think we can educate them to be realistic and, you know, to have realistic expectations about how healing is not linear and what kind of journey they're going to be on. Like this is not a one-time quick fix. Yes. You may have an amazing result after one session, but imagine what your results are after six or seven or eight or nine or 10. And if we're not willing to take the leadership role and offer that kind of treatment in that kind of a grouping, then our patients are missing out. Yeah. 
yeah, I made that mistake when I first started out. I mean, I didn't know anything about business when I first started out. And I look back, I learned so much, but I was at least willing to get out there and just get started. Yeah. I learned as I went, I made mistakes, right. but you but know, you're I, never like, oh, I should have waited 10 years and took all these business classes and hired a coach and then started. Yeah. And I'm still not an expert MFR therapist. I mean, yeah. I'm still not. I know I don't need to be to be successful in a business to be successful with my patients. Right. But yeah. Yeah. And how lucky for your patients that you're willing to continue to put this work in, continue to take seminars, continue to put the time in that creates the expert in the long run. Yeah. And not have this expectation on yourself that you're any less than an expert therapist, though. Do you see what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Your yeah. patients don't know what creates an expert MFR therapist, right? It's a set of details that John created that makes right. you expert when you click all of the boxes, but there's no specific test. <laughs> no, it, he talks about mastery. And that's yeah. what you know, I've taken my time and I, I will get there. I mean, I, I have three classes left to get to the expert level, according mm -hmm. to John Barnes's criteria. Yeah. But yeah, it's about mastering. And I've, you know, the timeline that I've used to take classes has been perfect for me. Yeah. You know, it's worked out and I do feel confident that I'm where I need to be. Yeah. Well, and you're a fully booked therapist, right? You have yeah. two locations. Yep. And you're helping a lot of people. And I think that speaks volumes for what you're putting out into the world. Yeah. And I love what I do. I mean, I'm just so passionate to get up and help the women that I get to help and talk to them in a way that I get to talk to them, you know, and mm -hmm. just be myself. And, you know, when I used to work for another person and in the insurance in network, I felt like there was always this kind of like false big brother looking over my shoulder. Am I documenting right? And am I, am I doing all the things right? And am I even talking professional enough and all of that? And now I just don't get into that headspace of, I'm just talking to my people like people mm -hmm. and meeting them where they're at. And it's great. I love what I do. I love that too. And I think loving what you do, it just transfers to your patients, right? And then in their results, because you love it so much, like your patients are going to love it too. And they're going to reap the benefits from the love you have put into creating the business that you have. Yeah. So it seems like you went from zero to successful, right? <laughs> Overnight, yeah. <laughs> There's no, no drama in between. So <laughs> Can you just talk to us a little bit about some of the drama you've bumped up against or some of the obstacles you've had in creating the business that you have now? Yeah. So I had this idea in my mind because I was getting good results, you know, with my patients that if I just started my business, all I needed really was a room and I needed a table, you know, kind of my office, get on the directory and people were going to find me and great. Yeah. That was pretty anticlimactic when I got my website set up. I got my, I got on the directory and my phone wasn't ringing at all. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I guess I got to learn how to market myself. Um, I better figure that out. Otherwise, you know, because I thought if I can just get my hands on people, that'll convince them. Yeah, well, you still got to get them into your office. So I had to learn some marketing. And then uh, I started to get some people coming in, but then I had to learn some sales. <laughs> I had, you know, if they called me, I had to learn how to sell it. Otherwise, yeah, that was going to go nowhere. And then I realized over time that I had to sell more than one session because this isn't paying the bills either. 
So that was a big thing. So to get over those obstacles, I had to learn more. I had to reach out to people that knew more than what I knew. So I luckily found some coaches and, but I also had to put myself out there in a way that made me really uncomfortable because uh, like I said, my very first MFR class, I sat in the back and that I was really comfortable there. You know, I didn't want to be seen and, <laughs> mm-hmm. and heard and all of that stuff. So I really had to overcome that. And the biggest way I did that, well, it became obvious to me, like social media is a really big thing right now, right? And that's a great, great way to reach people. But you have to be willing to be seen. You have to write posts and you have to take pictures and maybe do some videos and things like that. So I had to wrestle with myself for quite a while and build up like, you got to do this. Mm-hmm. But then when I just started it, I realized, okay, I can do this and people are liking it. But and if you weren't, people- if sorry to interrupt you, but if you weren't ever willing to be kind of bad at that, you would have never gotten to be good at it. Right. Right. Yeah. I don't even want to go back to look at my first stuff. And my, well, and my there's no need to, right? Stuff. Nobody's looking at the first stuff. Everybody yeah. sees the the meat and the potatoes and the the main course of it now. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I see that because I have a lot of people reach out and ask questions and they're like, oh, you know, how did you get started? And January 2016 is when I opened my practice. So yeah, they see where I'm at now in 2021. But it's like, you didn't see all the first stuff, you mm-hmm. know, all the first stuff that I failed at, or I mean, it was kind of anticlimactic, like I said. So yeah, if you could tell yourself like your old self when you were first starting to create your business, what would you tell her now in hindsight as your future self? The more personal growth that you have, the more business growth that you're going to see as well. To me, I, I learned that, that it's so hand in hand. And when I did the personal work, then I started to see that my business was starting to grow. And when I see the business getting stalled out too, it's like, okay, is it always just business stuff or is it a personal thing? And usually mm-hmm. they're very intertwined. I mean, I've learned yeah. that like very intertwined. The resistance to it, growth. It, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so it's like, okay, well, what can I do about that? You know? Yeah. Is it a personal thing? Is it a belief system that I have? Do I need to get in contact with that? Like, how can I do that? Or am I just truly stuck because I don't have the business skills that I need and I need to surround myself with people that know more than I do in this area so I can learn from them? Yeah, I think that's brilliant. So often, because we're so smart, like from the schooling we had and, and the courses we've taken and the people we surround ourselves with, we sometimes think we know it all, right? Or we should know a certain level of business. Like it should just be beamed down to us somehow. And we should just know. Yeah. And that's not the truth. Even if you have a master's in business, you are never taught how to run a business, right? You're taught how to like balance your checkbook and like run your books, <laughs> but you're not really taught how to create clients and how to speak to your clients to get them rebooking over and over again. And that's where it comes handy to have someone that knows how to do it, teach you how. So you kind of cut out the middle and get right to growing your business. So I appreciate that that is some of the path that you took and helped you to create the business that you have now. And I think it would be fun to have you on in a future episode and we can do a, a deeper dive into what you've created because I think it is quite fantastic and would be useful for people to see like all of the different things you've created because now you have courses that you sell and you sell some pretty high-end packaging plans of care for your clients too, which I think would blow some therapists' minds 
And I think the more that we talk about those kinds of things and open up people's ideas of what truly is possible for business and especially for women and to see another woman being so successful is so important for people to understand that that's possible for them too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I never thought I'd be sitting here charging what I charge. Even when I moved to Colorado, I started working for somebody as an independent contractor. When we moved, I homeschooled our kids. So it took me about six months before I decided to open up my business. And I was working for somebody as an independent contractor and she was charging for her cash-based sessions like $60 an hour for PT. And when I started to learn more about physical therapy and costs and, and all that, and what it really, truly, what you have to charge in order to run a successful business and to be able to do the marketing and hire and grow your business the way you need to, $60 an hour does not, this lady, she was lucky to be maybe making $10 an hour beyond what she was paying me per hour. Right. Like, how do you a business with that? You know? I don't know. And, yeah. So not I, very, I, not, not very that, easy. <laughs> but I wasn't doing that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, my hope is with creating this podcast and through my book and through my coaching programs is to help MFR therapists create the businesses where they aren't under earning and they aren't then on top of that, burning themselves out because that's usually what happens. We charge $60 an hour and then we've got to work 40 hours a week and see actually 40 patients just to cover the bills. And that does not sound fun at all. Like, I'm just not here for that. (laughs) A lot of work. Yeah. I think hard work is fine, but I don't think that hard work has to equal earning a lot of money, right? You can earn a lot of money without working that hard and without burning yourself out. And you can also serve your clients at a higher level when you're not burnt out. So yeah. Yeah. I agree. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Okay. Well... I think we will, we'll just plan to have you back on sometime in the near future and we'll go into more detail about some of the things you have going on in your business and share that with my audience. And I know you had something special you wanted to talk to my audience about an offer that you had. So did you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. One of the things that I've developed in my business, particularly during the pandemic was online courses. And I just took, you know, the knowledge that I had been teaching, I had actually been teaching in-person classes. And what I did during the pandemic was just took things online. So I have a gift for any of your listeners if they would like it. It's my introductory masterclass. It's called Clear Your Root. And when I talk about root, I'm referring to the root of basically our pelvic area, our pelvic bowl, root chakra. Because I do a little bit of Reiki in the class as well, which is just an energy modality that complements myofascial release. And so I want to give that away to your audience. So So you can check that out. Actually, it's just kind of a taster of my larger course called Release Your Roots, more of a six-week course. It's an hour each week, and we do a lot of self-myofascial release. I really teach about the benefits of it and walk like step-by-step on how to release the pelvic floor, how to release the hips, the low back, and to get into not just you know using a small ball, but using your hands and some of the, the mind-body connection. So mm-hmm. it's, it's really, really good. Well, that's awesome and very generous of you. Thanks for offering that to anyone who is listening. And for all of you guys out there that are interested in this amazing free offer, you can just click on the link in the show notes. We will have it available for you there. So, and if anyone else is interested in contacting you for treatment, how would they get a hold of you? Best place to go would be to my website, healingspotpt.com. 
And from there, you can request a phone consultation. So if you want to talk to me or my staff and get some questions answered, there's also options to fill out just an inquiry form where you can give me just a little bit of information about what your main issues are, what you're concerned about, and we'll reach back out to you. And there's also a request there for a discovery session. So if you're not quite sure we can help you or understand what's going on, definitely fill that out and request that free session. So that's the best place is to head to my website. From there, if you want to check out any of my social media outlets, uh, you certainly can. I'm on Facebook and Instagram and have a YouTube channel. But my website has it all going on. So Awesome. Okay. Well, thanks so much for spending time with us today. And I will catch all of you guys next week on the MFR Coaches Podcast. Have a great day. Thanks for joining me this week on the MFR Coaches Podcast. Check out my book, The MFR Coaches Guide to Having Your Own Myofascial Release Business. Autographed copies are available at my website, www.themfrcoach.com. Kindle version and print also available on Amazon. Follow me on Facebook and Instagram at The MFR Coach for more info on today's topic. As always, subscribe to the show to catch every new episode and leave us a review so we can continue to bring you fresh content. See you next week.